Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a Netflix for finance? Well, there is. It's called Real Vision, and it gives you unprecedented access to some of the most respected names in finance. Watch interviews with legends like Kyle Bass, Jeff Gunlock, Stanley Drunkenmiller, and many, many more. If you want to be part of the Real Vision revolution, visit realvision.com slash WSO. Hello and welcome. I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today on the pod, Ben Gilbert from Pioneer Square Labs and the Acquired Podcast. Ben's a self-described startup guy that got his start at Microsoft. Now, he's built a very cool startup studio and a VC fund in Seattle. He also runs the Acquired Podcast, which is one of the best-sounding business podcasts out there. You can tell he really puts his heart into it. A really easy conversation today about starting your career at a big company, how to set intentions, and the importance of having a side hustle. Before we get into the interview, here's this. The Pay Club team, we've pretty much been working around the clock, getting everything ready for next month and the start of school. We'll have a completely redesigned app that I believe will be utterly delightful to use. We have a very strong launch plan designed by Jason and me. Remember, Jason's done this before in building Just College, his old travel company, which has just been incredibly successful doing this. Of course, there will be more in our progress in the weeks to come and as we get the new app out there. Let's see, what else can I tell you? I'm going to Alaska in two weeks with my dad and brother, a trip we've been planning for a really long time. We're going fly fishing and just on a crazy outdoor adventure, so I'm super excited for that. Then I'll come back feeling good and ready to have Pay Club go hard on a couple of these college campuses. I've been slacking on including something delightful and something not delightful for the past two weeks, but really nothing has sparked my interest. If you have something that you think delivers a fantastic experience, tell me about it. Send me a message on Twitter. Okay, let's get into the conversation with Ben. Ben, Ben Gilbert, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation. You're a startup guy in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I'd love to hear about uh, your background, how you became a startup guy. Was that always who you were? Were you like an <laughs> entrepreneurial kid? Um, tell, us, tell us the background. Yeah, well, I will say it's funny. Uh, uh, startup guy is probably the the most apt title because um, I'm uh, so I'm the co-founder of Pioneer Square Labs. We are a startup studio that creates companies and a um, early stage venture fund, eighty million dollar uh, seed and Series A fund, investing in, in Pacific Northwest companies. And uh, I don't have a great way to describe myself, so startup guy seems uh, very reasonable to me. <laughs> well, I'm good. I was able to encapsulate that so well uh, in the <laughs> beginning of the, of the podcast. You're welcome. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, my background, I, I think, you know, you've had some, some just awesome people on, uh, on your show before. And I think, uh, uh, fun to follow in, in the footsteps of so many other, other great folks you've had on. Um, I think my background similar to, to some other folks, uh, is technical. So I have a, a CS degree from Ohio state, um, did, did entrepreneurship there. Um, uh, went to Microsoft for a couple of years, was a program manager, uh, shipped office for iPad when that was a very controversial, uh, strategy move for the company, which was fun and, and also, uh, heartbreaking at times to be in the midst of a strategy struggle for the company. Um, moved over to, to run a program there called the garage, which was an innovation group within the company, uh, and then left, um, um, to start a labs group inside of, uh, Madrona venture group, which is a great, um, uh, sort of series a, uh, early stage firm here in Seattle. And, uh, and then three and a half years ago, uh, uh, started pioneer square labs. Um, and there's, there, there's a lot of color and a lot of texture inside of those things and, and how each came to be, but that's, that's at least the, uh, that's the path on paper. Yeah. And Ben, that progression makes sense. You go work for some huge Microsoft company, uh, and you start to see how things are done in big, big organizations. And you're like, well, I'm going to gravitate more towards, innovation and I'm going to go see that, what that means and from Microsoft's perspective. And I'm sure it was probably innovation, but done in like a really big company type <laughs> way. And then that gets your feet wet and in the kind of like, you know, the startup world and there's the inklings of the startup guy starting to be formed. And, uh, and then you leave there to go do more early stage stuff and it kind of progresses. Is that how, is that how you, how you see it? <laughs> uh, it's funny. Yes. Yeah, so that is, that is definitely how it reads on the resume. I think, um, <laughs> I always felt like a fraud at a big company because I desperately wanted to be doing startups. And I think I was, I made the call at the end of college to go take the job at Microsoft because I thought it was important to um, learn, uh, which was a good call, learn the rigor of the mechanics of working inside of a product organization and, and shipping products. So, you know, spec writing and making the hard cuts and scoping work and working with engineers. I mean, there's a really like, there's a good core skill set there. But um, one thing that was always frustrating for me was uh, getting patriotic about um, um, the company when so many other people there were on a 20 year journey. And I knew myself, uh, you know, I was, I was born to do startups. And I think I, I sort of knew that because when I was in college, um, this was the golden era where, uh, the iOS actually at that time, it was the iPhone, uh, OS SDK had just come out for, um, uh, iPhone OS two. And the App Store was just starting to become a thing. And so as an aspiring programmer, I uh, loved Apple products. And so I thought I should make an app. Um, and the cool thing about building an app in, in that era is there just weren't that many of them. And uh, the ones that, that Apple shipped on the iPhone, um, there also weren't that many of those. And so there was a glaring hole in the platform for a good uh, to-do list app. And like the, the Reminders app that we have today hadn't uh, shipped yet and wouldn't ship for a few more years. And so... Um, uh, as a side project in college, uh, I made one of the first to-do list uh, apps for the iPhone called Seize the Day, which ended up going on to have over a million downloads and um, you know was was a really crazy ride uh, for a, a college sophomore or junior uh, to spend some time on something in, uh, on the side uh, and then get featured by Apple on the front page of the app store and get 20,000 downloads a day. And, uh, we were running ads in it. So it was generating money. And, um, I think that was the point where I realized like, uh, 
the adrenaline rush of having an idea, working on it, and then putting it out in the world and getting feedback and, and hopefully, fingers crossed, um, having it get some traction is, is just a, a wild experience. And I think it's hard when you're that close uh, to, to the product and to the work and uh, to feeling the feedback that people give you it's uh it's hard to go back from that and so i think uh, i i would describe it more as a a little bit of a a couple of year journey into big company land to learn um learn the right foundations but um you know the whole time uh, still actively building apps on the side and um you know pitching uh pitching the folks at madrona which is actually how i got to know them and, and later went to uh to work there yeah so ben it's really interesting i mean I'm just thinking about the kind of challenge of someone graduating school today and maybe they're like you. I mean, maybe they haven't had an app that's been downloaded millions of times, but like they see themselves as being really entrepreneurial. Maybe they have an idea, maybe they don't, but they're like, you know what? I should probably just go get a job for Google or Amazon or Goldman Sachs or whatever it is. Um, And just to like get that on my resume and like go make some money and, and do something that society says is, is really valuable for the first couple of years. And then I can always, go do something else. I can go to business school. I can go to start a business, whatever it is. So would you follow your same path? Yeah, I would. I mean, uh, there's a survivorship bias here where uh, there's a great XKCD comic that I'll link you so you can throw it in the show notes um, (laughs) where there's a guy standing on stage saying, I just kept buying lottery tickets. And um, if you do what I did, you'll win the lottery too. And I I always feel like uh, it's a great illustration of uh, what's called survivorship bias, which is like, you know, stories are often told by those people who uh, have stories to tell. And so I, I make no claims that like, you know, I only know my path and and what it did, and I think it's hard to extrapolate from there. But all that said, I think going to a big company is a great way to get a um, a, a foundational um, set of insights. And I think the important thing, if you view yourself doing something more entrepreneurial, um, is to be very intentional about how you spend your time there. And um, one of my uh, tricks to this was actually on the plane ride out from Ohio to Seattle to, to, to move here, I read uh, Mark Andreessen's Guide to Career Planning, which is from his blog before he started Andreessen Horowitz. And one of the things he talks about in there is, um, you know, the intentionality around what you want to get done at a big company. And the way that I sort of adapted that was uh, I didn't go to business school. And so I said, I'm going to treat being at Microsoft like it is my business school experience. And so I wrote myself a curriculum. It's a little Excel spreadsheet where it has three columns. And on the the left side is uh, sort of curriculum item. So something like understand how to sell into a large enterprise or understand how a large corporate finance organization works or manage people. Um, And then the second column was um, steps I will take to accomplish this goal. And then the third column was what is my success metric for how I'll know I will have achieved this. And I think there was about 18 on there. And uh, I set a little calendar reminder. So every other Sunday I was supposed to go and look at this thing and make sure I was actually... uh, uh, spending my time the right way. Cause it's very easy to, um, especially when you're a, a, a smart, uh, um, I think a lot of your listeners are sort of smart, ambitious people to rise at those companies and get pulled in a direction that, that might be better for the company than potentially for you, but to feel really great about that. So you go and do it. Um, 
and if you're religious about uh, making sure that you sort of check on on this sort of thing every couple of weeks, you can at least like I didn't get to all of them. I, I knew that it would be sort of diminishing returns and I'd have to work there another three to five years before um, managing people. And so, of course, you don't you don't get to all of them, but you can still keep yourself intellectually honest about um, why am I here uh, and 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 making sure that um you know, you're you're not learning too many skills that are completely non-transferable and only valuable inside the company. Yeah, I mean that's a really great way to to kind of set a goal and set intention. I mean, as you call it, purpose purposefulness. Uh, I really I really like that. I mean, that's a that's a great way to make sure you're getting <laughs> what you want. I mean, no matter what kind of job you have, a startup, a big company, whatever it is, because you have the company's and the organization's goals and then there's your goals and it's it's great when they overlap and they're the same but oftentimes there's going to be you know one or two things outliers that that are going to be uh you know slightly a little a little different so making sure that you're intent on getting those for yourself which is which is of course easier said than done i think sure. that, that that's one time in my life when i can like reflect back and be like all right i did did a good job and staying intentional there there's wreckage along the way of dozens of times where i think i was a lot less intentional even when i intended to be so um you know, count the wins when you get them. Yeah. And even with the reminders, I mean, it's like, okay, well, I've got a reminder to do something this week. Well, maybe next week. And then the same thing next next week. And then it's all right. Well, like I'm really busy. So maybe the following week. And it's like, you just keep putting it off. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, I really put that off for way too long. How do I, how do I make that happen? Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, uh, okay. So, so you're, out of Microsoft now, you're starting to you know get back to more of your authentic self, pursuing startups. Tell us about like where you go next. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, it's super interesting. Um, a big lesson, and I've been meaning to write a blog post on this, but uh, despite my best intentionality, it's just stayed on my to-do list for like six months. Um, I want to double down on the virtue of side projects as uh, maintaining option value and also uh, uh, allowing for an outlet of creativity. So of course, you know, in, in having a day job that is a startup studio and venture fund, you get exposed to all kinds of cool stuff. There's no lack of creativity in, in my day job. But, um, you know, PSL at this point is, uh, or Pioneer Square Labs is like a total institution. And uh, it's something where there's a lot of people and we've, uh, f for the absolute better, um, created a good amount of, of process and predictability about our business. And, and you need to do that to, to run a business that's growing from its infancy into, um, you know, something that scales. If you have a side project, you can flex the muscle of messing around with something that has like a high likelihood of failure um, and, and, and really lets you um, sort of experiment and, and feel full autonomy over something. And for me, uh, that's been doing the acquired podcast. And so I think one of the reasons we, we first started chatting is, is, uh, I sort of have a, a similar love for, um, trying to, to, um, tell great stories and, and create great content. And so, uh, almost four years ago now, um, David Rosenthal, who's a general partner at, at wave capital, um, he was also at Madrona at the time. And he and I, um, set out and, 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 came up with this idea of uh, what if we did a podcast that uh, actually looked at the acquisitions that went right uh, rather than the ones that ended up being a gigantic waste of money and then work backwards to try and dissect what actually made those acquisitions successful and what can we learn about doing early stage investing that um, to the extent that that um, we want our companies to be acquired for you know a lot of money um, 
what can we learn from some of the best ones of all time? And this show has sort of since expanded to IPOs as well. So we just did Uber and Pinterest and Lyft. And, you know, we're, we're getting to tell the stories of all these great companies now. But I will say the the fun thing about having it as a side project was uh, for like the first year, nobody listened. It was a thing that it was a pure creative outlet. It wasn't done for um, a lot of the reasons why I do things in my day job, which are looking for traction, looking for growth. It was more like honing a craft. And when you listen to the early episodes, they're they're shaky and it very much is, uh, uh, <laughs> you can hear us trying to hone our craft quite a bit, um, especially compared to the, the the newer ones, which now we're one of the top handful of, uh, of venture and, and tech podcasts. Um, and I will say like that as a side project has been wildly enlightening for me in a bunch of reasons. I mean, it's brought us a bunch of really great people who have joined our organizations and, and the companies that um, we've spun out, but it actually inspired us uh, uh, to create a podcasting related startup inside of PSL. And so if you look at sort of my career trajectory, uh, the first job I ever got at Microsoft was partially attributable to the fact that um, we, uh, uh, you know, I had, I had done seize the day. And so Microsoft desperately needed someone that knew iOS productivity well, which there were very few in the pe- people in the world. Cause that was still a new category. The next chapter was being at, uh, at Madrona in the labs group that we started there. Um, which again, I got that job because I tried to quit my job at Microsoft three times and start, um, these startups and, uh, uh kept pitching Greg Gottesman at Madrona, who's actually now my co-founder at Pioneer Square Labs on these concepts. And he got to know me as someone that was scrappy and building stuff and, and coming up with ideas. And that would be perfect for this, this new vision that he had of a, a labs organization. Um, and it's funny now, e- even at PS as a, a co-founder and um, um, you know someone wildly invested in this organization, there's still that external itch of a, of a side project uh, in doing acquired. And it's really cool that that led to us creating this company um, that that's really doing something cool, which is enabling podcasters to uh, to monetize outside of advertising. So basically creating a freemium business model, producing uh, premium content, and creating a second tier where uh, where people can can pay to go deeper on the um, um, on the subject. and it's it's cool watching that grow now purely out of a side project that um, I was doing before. And of course, we we started that with some really amazing founders who had been doing a lot of work in the area um, before as well. But uh, I certainly wouldn't get to be involved. That company is called Glow at glow.fm. I wouldn't be uh, uh, involved in Glow were it not for the side project I've acquired. So I think what's next for me looks a lot like, uh, um, you know, continuing to embrace personal passions uh, and doing side projects and trying to tinker and build and then seeing if those lead to uh, um, to future both career and, and sort of just interesting business opportunities. Yeah, Ben, I mean, I love that. And you call it side project. You could also call it you're incubating something. And when you're incubating a kind of a separate project, it doesn't require all of your effort, all of your attention, like drastically leaving your job and doing something. You can test it out, start to see what's working, what's not working, doing all of this while you continue to have your day job, have your your regular life. And if something starts to work or get some traction, it's like, okay, well, I can start to spend a little more exercise, a little more effort on this and de-risk it a little further. And then fine, if it like 
you know, takes off, you have the, the next, uh, you know, how I built this or something. It doesn't have to be a podcast, <laughs> it can be really anything. A podcast, the reason you and I both kind of came to it for our side projects is it's like a pretty low barrier to entry. It's like, it's not that difficult to start a podcast, put it up on all the distribution channels and then start to, as you said, like learn, practice, get reps, figure out what's, uh, what's going well and, uh, and just iterate on that. And, and that's just a really cool thing for anyone to do these days. It's like, it doesn't have to be super drastic. You can keep your no. day job. I mean, working in investment banking, it's more intense than, than other jobs, but you know, maybe there's some time here or there, nights, weekends, whatever it is, or like, you know, while you're at the office, just not busy, uh, to carve out some time for <laughs> something on, on the side. And then like, cause that, that's the beauty of it. No one has any clue what they're doing in the very beginning. Like you and I had no clue how to do a podcast. We just bought some microphones on Amazon got some interesting people to come on the podcast, talk about some interesting things. And like, before you know it, you've learned a lot. The podcast has changed a lot. And like, all of a sudden there's like, people care about it. Yeah, I will say it's, it's wild, uh, with every single side project that I've had where it goes from something where you are naive, uh, but excited. And then over the course of six 12, 18 months, like it's a thing other people start to care about. And there's real magic in that because not only is it signal for you that I should double down on it some way, but it's just wildly gratifying where like, you know, I remember the first time I went to a bar and saw somebody using the seize the day app. I was like, Oh my God, I have no connection to this person and they're using my software. Or now like when I see, like I meet someone new at a party and they're like, Oh my gosh, you do that. I love that podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I wait for every single episode to drop. And the, the, um, um, you know, I think, uh, uh, our generation ties a lot of, our identity and our self-worth to what we are able to create in the world and that, for better or for worse i'm not going to make a value judgment about that i but i think it's unignorable that that is the case and so my favorite thing about about sort of tinkering and and allocating 20 percent of your time be it weekends be it nights be it you know time at uh, at, at your job where you may have some downtime if if um um if you're in that position um you are able to really directly create something that um, uh, that lets you feel that really viscerally, uh, and 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 I will explore like the negative side of that is you know if it crashes and burns and you staked a lot of your identity on it that that's a that's a tough pill to swallow, um, but you know that's kind of the fun hedge about a side project is you, you you can always either to yourself or to other people you know yeah it was just a side project anyway no I haven't worked on it much in the last couple of months yeah it's doing okay and like you can let it sort of sit out in the world and take a lot of time to to catch or give you the signal that it's not and that's just as much of a gift as anything else where you get to move on to the next thing because now now you know yeah I mean it's pretty pretty cool but that we have the ability, the opportunity to be able to, to kind of just go out in the world and do something like that. On the other side, you're right. Like so much of our identity is tied up into, into what we create, what we build. I mean, like our parents' generation, they didn't view like their work as so much of, of their like self-worth and their identity. They would, you know, 
go to their nine to five job and then come home and then be themselves after work. And that's when they had their hobbies and the things that made them excited. And if they were a doctor or a lawyer or something, then they were lucky, but still like they, their authentic selves on the weekends and the nights for us, I'm like, no, that's not good enough. I want to be my authentic self all day, every day. How do I, how do I do that? And there's pressure. And now I see Ben, he's got this great podcast. Why don't I have my own podcast? Like, so uh, it's cool that there's these opportunities there, but like it also feels like there's just like pressure to to do something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. It is. You know, that's that's the dark side of the world that we live in a little bit with the amount of exposure that you get to other people's, um, you know, j- just the best of other people's lives, and and it's sort of been talked about as the the curated life of social media. Um, so I think. Uh, it's interesting that we got into this topic a little bit. I think it's really important, and I'm um, I'm about to turn thirty, and so uh, for the first time in my life, I'm feeling like I'm not the uh, like young scrappy person with nothing to lose, and and the person always getting advice. I'm a little bit in this position of like, okay, like I I've closed the books on on a, a chapter of my life, and there's lots more to go, and I have a ton more to learn. Um, but I will say it's been interesting over the last few years shifting into a mentality of. Um, spending a lot of time with fewer people, paying less attention to what other people are sharing on social media, um, and trying to really derive much more happiness and purpose intrinsically than extrinsically. And I know for me, a thing I've definitely learned about myself that 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 comes from the gratification of creative pursuits. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm not a designer. I'm not a painter. Like when we say creative here, I think it's, it's, uh, you know, it's businesses, it's, it's content, it's stories, it's podcasts, it's things like that. Um, but I think everybody can do that. And I think if you find yourself feeling similar to the way that I do, where you, you are able to get, uh, an intrinsic sense of happiness and satisfaction from doing creative work and being a builder, um, you know, there, there's a there's a lot of happiness to be gained by listening to that, and and I think earlier in my twenties, I spent a lot more of my time um, looking for more external extrinsic validation. Yeah, I mean that's the way that kind of our brains are wired, like to look for society for reassurance that we're doing the right thing or what we're doing makes sense, and compare it to everybody else. But all that stuff is, I mean, it's pretty toxic. And if you're able to carve out just what makes you happy and make that separate that from what society says should make you happy. I mean, this is like the path that I got caught up in coming out of school and going to work in investment banking. I don't know if you got caught up in, in it with going to work for Microsoft, but it's like, oh, you got to go do one of these prestigious jobs that everyone in society says is what you should be doing. Uh, but it just was totally wrong for me. And it just it kind of like knocked me off of like hmm. my real path of what I should be doing in life. And I'm closer to it now. I mean, I'm 32 years old, so it's kind of taken me a while, but that's my journey. And like, I wouldn't trade it. Like I'm happy I worked for those big companies and learned yeah. those skill sets and, and all the, all those things. But, um, but yeah, it's uh like, it's an interesting ride. Yeah. And I will say too, like, you know, the, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you can monetize attention and when you can monetize attention, uh, companies are incentivized to get really good at keeping attention. And, uh, I think I've become a lot more sort of tuned into the way that my lizard brain works, um, and, and where my attention goes. I mean, (laughs) here I am talking about how I'm trying to spend much more time, um, uh, on intrinsic happiness. 
I so I've never used TikTok before, but I downloaded it. And I spent 90 minutes last night on my couch flicking through like TikTok videos. That's so crazy entertaining. And I went upstairs afterwards and I was thinking, oh, oh my God, uh, they have it so dialed. Like no wonder ByteDance is an $80 billion company. They have it so well dialed in uh, that I, I want to keep watching that next thing. They're exactly the right length. They're exactly the right amount of uh, 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 interesting and, and different. And uh, the percentage hit rate that it is going to be interesting is so high that it's extremely difficult to ever stop flicking through content like that. And I found it to be much more engaging than Instagram or Facebook or, uh, uh, you know, a lot of other things that uh, are a little bit of a hamster wheel of attention. So um, it is worth noting that uh, uh, as we pay attention more to, to our lizard brains, um, um, we're getting better as a uh, capitalistic society of also recognizing that and, and exploiting it. Yeah. Well, Ben, uh, you know, in an effort to keep this, podcast just just the right amount of time i'll uh, i'll get you out of here on this is there anything uh, you want to leave the listeners with that uh that they could they could do to to help you out in uh in your journey oh my gosh i think uh um well thank you for offering i think uh if folks ever want to get in touch um um you know i'm at gilbert on twitter um feel free to add or, or dm me about anything um uh if you're in the Seattle area and, and you're interested in entrepreneurship, um, you know, I'd love to, to connect in some way. I think, um, um, you know, obviously check out Acquire. It's acquired.fm um, uh, or in any, any podcast player of your choice. You know, I, I, I think, uh, uh, Alex, I think what you're doing with the show is super cool. And I think it's, it's great to be able to have so many people come on and, and tell their stories. Um, and I think if I could sort of leave folks with, with something, uh, and this has been some exploration myself. Uh, it's, it's just keep tinkering because I think the further that we get into our careers and the more that we get involved in a large piece of machinery, even if your company isn't large, you're part of a, uh, ecosystem that, that has a lot of machinery built in. Um, you're often guided to, uh, uh, go play a role that is less creative and especially as you have more responsibility uh you're often encouraged you know consciously or not to go and do something that is uh that looks a lot like something that somebody else did before you because that's what makes the machine work and there's tons of merit to doing that and you should but um a a thing that i sort of try and wake up and tell myself every day is is keep tinkering and i think uh um, that's super important yeah Keep tinkering, keep incubating, keep side hustling, all these, uh, all great. Ben, thanks thanks so much for, for coming on here. This was really enjoyable speaking with you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening today. If you like moving up, the best way you can support us is by telling your friends, helping us grow, and leaving a review on iTunes doesn't hurt either. Thanks. <laughs>